The world is dysfunctional. Organizations are highly dysfunctional. And those people that do lean correctly, no one can touch them. The differential is not, you know, 50%, 100%. It's 600%. They dwarf everyone. Welcome to Lean Made Simple, a podcast for those of you who want to transform your business and your life. I'm Ryan Tierney from Satan Matters, a manufacturing company from Limavati, Northern Ireland. Eight years ago, I came across Lean and it transformed my business and my life. And I'm so excited to share my journey with all of you. Unreal. I'm Matt Thompson. I'm a podcast producer from Belfast who is just on the start of his lean journey. I met this guy in front of me here, Ryan Tierney, about two months ago. We did a podcast together. I was up doing a factory tour at his amazing, amazing facility in Limavati. And it's totally changed my life and the way I think about business. Today, we are joined by the godfather of lean himself. Mr. Paul Akers. He is an author of Two Second Lean, which is a worldwide successful book whenever it comes to lean. He's the CEO and the founder of FastCap. And we're delighted to sit down with Paul today to hear more about his story and uh, ask a few of our own selfish questions that hopefully will uh, be beneficial to you as well. So yes, Paul Akers, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm happy to be here. To get started, Ryan, I'd love to ask you a question. It's a very simple question. How on earth do you know this guy who's currently sitting in a hotel room in Japan coming to us remotely here into the studio? How has this yeah. all kind of happened here? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting story, actually. Uh, eight and a half years ago, uh, I went home one night really frustrated, really stressed. Uh, the business wasn't going the way we wanted it to go. Uh, loads of production issues, people issues. It was just a really stressful environment. And I said, there has to be a better way. There has to be companies that can run a, a lot smoother th than this. And I just basically sat at my kitchen table and uh, got my iPad out and typed in how to manage a factory, how to manage production, all this kind of stuff. And lo and behold, Paul Akers' video came up. <laughs> and it was just a light bulb moment for me. And uh, I often tell the story that I sat up all night. I, I didn't go to bed all night just watching all the videos over and over and over. Wow. And I went in the next day and I said, I found this thing called Two Second Lean and we have to do this. This is our ticket to, to growing and, and managing this business. Mad. Yeah. So, Paul, how did you get into Lean? <laughs> so, you know, Lean's come to Ryan via you. Like, where did you get the source from? Yeah, that's a great story. Simple story. I was very successful, doing very well. And I was struggling managing inventory that I was importing specifically from Portugal, some raw materials. And I was a lowly cabinet maker. I had two or three employees. I didn't know anything about international business or importation or anything else. I went to a local business school, asked them if they could help me. They recommended a consultant. I brought the consultant in. The consultant looked around and said, hey, you know, you need to learn about Kaizen or the Toyota production system, main manufacturing. I had no clue what they were talking about whatsoever. And I said, how do I learn about it? They said, hire these two kids of consultants. They are consultants for Toyota. They, they help translate and they started out on their own. And maybe they'll help you. I called them up, asked them to come in and look at my facility. They spoke in Japanese to themselves back and forth. And I said, how much? And they said, 10,000 bucks a week. I was way out, of, way out of my budget. But I went to my wife and I said, you know, hon, we got to do this. And she didn't want to do it. She thought it was absolutely out of my gourd. But there was something inside of me that knew. They knew something that I needed to know. I brought them into my company. 
And in one week, they took processes that were taking us 45 minutes to five minutes and another process, 45 minutes to seven minutes. And at that point, I was wow. completely convinced <laughs> that I had no idea what I was doing and I was clueless. <laughs> and three months later, it wasn't even very long. I was back. I was on a plane on my way to Japan, first time in my life. And I set foot in Lexus and I could not believe what I was looking at. And I thought, I have no clue what I'm doing. I got to start completely over. And that's how the whole thing started. Wow. Paul, we've chatted a, f a few times here about two-second lean. Mm -hmm. What What is this? And how is it different to normal lean? And there's lean this and lean that. And I'm all kind of confused and all over the place. What is two-second lean? It's a beautiful question. And I think I can explain it pretty simply. In essence, I couldn't figure out how to get some of my people to make improvements. They just were you know, flummoxed. How, what, what do I do? And I walked into my injection molding department. There was this young man named uh, Nick. He was 18 years old. And I said, what was your improvement today? Because every day I walked in my entire facility for, for two years and made sure everybody was doing their improvements and supported them and helped them and make improvements. And he said he, he couldn't make, couldn't think of one. And I asked him, you know, everything's perfect. You mean nothing's bothering you? And he said, well, yeah, there is something that bothers me. I put the injection mold in and I have to put my head in there and, and it's really uncomfortable and, you know, the level and I can't see everything. And so we ended up gluing a piece of pla a plastic mirror onto a level. So you could set the level on it, look at it without even moving inside the machine. It made it very comfortable for him. And he goes, wow, that was cool. And we did it, you know, in five minutes. And I said, Nick, that's all I want you to do is make one two-second improvement a day. Just make it so that you just don't have to do the two seconds in and out. The simplest, stupidest thing. So two-second lean is simply understanding that small improvements matter. And then the last thing I'm going to add to that comment is this. Dr. Ken Mogi is a good friend of mine. Ryan, you've met Ken, haven't you? Ken, yeah. 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 He's one of the top neuroscientists in the world, teaches at the University of Tokyo. He's on the Japan study mission with us. He comes with us often. And this guy's a brilliant guy. And he taught me something. And Ryan, I believe, heard him speak the last time, Ryan, you were with him? Yeah. Everything yeah. starts with small things. That's it. And the Japanese understand this. And if you're willing to be good at the small things, then Everything else will grow and take care of itself from there. And that's what two-second lean is. It's taking care of the small things daily. Yeah. As we all know, it's not an easy journey. No. Lean isn't an easy thing to, to implement. Uh, Paul, what was your, some, some of your early obstacles when you found Myself. out Myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. Myself. <laughs> my, my impatience, my lack of understanding how people work and, you know, being really uh, tyrannical and, you know, you... You get out of here, you no good. You know, you know all, all that all that crazy stuff because I didn't understand. Two second mean. Yeah, yeah, two second mean, exactly. That's I'm yeah. gonna steal that. That's a really good one because that's exactly, that's exactly I'm hopefully that, that's worth your cost of entry for today, I hope. Well, I, I gotta tell you, there was this one girl, I think I'd use every F bomb in the world on her. And my wife and my wife came up to me after we fought and I fired her and everything was, you know, Paul. I know you really want to be a really good leader, but you're not going to get there doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. so my obstacle is myself. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. So that was one. The other one is 
how to properly train people. I, I didn't, that wasn't something that I was really nurtured in doing, at least not the Japanese way or the Toyota way. So that took a long time to learn how to do that. And I didn't, you know, I had these two consultants and they were teaching me the technical part of it, but no one told me how to build a culture and mm. Toyota wasn't really handing that to you. So my obstacle was I had to figure it out on my own. And that took me five years now. It took me a long time before I finally figured out what Toyota was doing. And once I figured out what Toyota was doing, I would boom off to the races. But that was a five-year journey. So that unlock, tell me about that. You know, well, what did you learn well, in those five years that we can hopefully well, learn a little bit sooner? I don't know that I learned anything in that five years, to be honest with you, because I just stumbled all over myself for five years. And what happened was I went back to Japan after five years and I went to a company called Hawks. And Ryan, you've been to Hawks, correct? Yeah. Yes. Been to Hawks, and yeah. so when I went to Hawks, it was a very humble, a very, very successful company, electronics componentry company, but a very nice, humble company. And they had a morning meeting every morning. They met with their people. And every morning they clean their entire facility. They clean the yard. They wash the windows. They wash the cars of the vehicles. Every morning, everybody, the sales manager, the president, they mop the floor. And I just saw this humble approach to how to get everybody engaged in a simple process of daily 3Sing and a daily communication. We call it Yokoten in Japanese. It's the dissemination of information laterally across an organization so everybody knows what's going on. And I go, oh, all these people are doing is building, they're, they're developing their people. And then the really cool story, and I think I tell this in my book, is right before that, I went to Lexus and I met with the vice president of Lexus. And I work with the vice president of Lexus now, Mr. Amazawa. He wasn't the vice president at the time. And after he spoke to us, I asked him, what is the most important thing for Toyota? And he said, it is not the next engineering feat. It is not the next sales plan. It is not the next factory. We open up somewhere in the world. It is not the next incredible model car that we're coming up with. The only thing that matters to Toyota, and he said these words, is teaching and training our people and building a culture of continuous improvement. And I said, mm, what? Yeah. That's what you guys are doing? And the same day we went to Hawks and I saw what they were doing and everything instantly came together. And I go, oh, that's what happened. Crazy. Yeah. So you talk about the tyrant. I would say that's my trapping at the minute, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I met Ryan a couple of months ago. I went to his incredible factory tour up in St. Matters in Limavady, Northern Ireland. And as this is amazing, and I came back with all this energy, yeah, 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 yeah. and there is this shadow side of me that wants to control yes, and wants yes, to yes, in, yes, in, yes. influence and manipulate. Oh. And all my tentacles are going all over my teeth. You know, my producer Mark's like nodding his head. He's like, "Get off me! Get these tentacles away from yeah, me!" Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've just hit on something really important there, which is, I'm going to call it a, a bottom-up approach rather than a top. Completely, down. completely. And it's letting your people fail. I mean, Ryan knows this as well as me, but I mean, I can't, 50% of everything we do at Bascap fails, all the ideas. And I, I, I've made well over 100 improvements from last, from Saturday to Monday in the Japan experience. I've made over 100 improvements between last week and this week. 
It just it score score three days. And many of those things didn't work. They didn't quite work out the way I wanted. I had to readjust them. It's just a giant experiment. And you're learning what doesn't work and what works. And those, both of those are equally important. Yeah. Yeah. So w when we started Lean at Seat Matters, we had no local examples to go and see. Um, so we traveled to, to see Paul's company, FastCap, uh, in America. We traveled to Japan. We traveled to Germany. Mm -hmm. There's no local examples that we could go and see, but now thankfully, you know, we have hundreds of people through our facility uh, every year, and the amount of people in Ireland, north and south, that are doing two second lean is just incredible. So, a, a question for you, Paul: Why why do you think there's such an up uptake in, in, in Ireland at the minute in terms of in terms of lean? Well. You know, the quick answer is you, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is the key. You must have a learning laboratory. You must have a place where people can go and see, touch, feel, smell, taste, and experience lead. And you did that at CD Matters, and we did that at Gas Gap. And you came all the way from Ireland to see us because that laboratory was critical. Yeah. And you have, you have established that laboratory. So that's the first answer. The second thing is, I don't know for sure, but it's what I like to believe. I think there's something in the Irish spirit. I think there's a little bit of uh, extra tenacity, extra, extra, which I think what would be the word in the Irish thinking and psyche that's a little bit different than anywhere in the world because I'm telling you, there is no better country in the world that's doing lean than Ireland. Whoa. Yeah. That is encouraging to hear. Wow. <laughs> it is, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're a testament to it, Matt. Just your attitude is is really quintessential to what I keep seeing. It's just like, oh, yeah, God, I got to do that. That's like crazy. <laughs> I, I, I hear those words repeated more by Irish people than any other group of people. Why? I can't do you Irish. You might know why. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, to go out on a limb here, and it's very hard to, to talk about your own people in this way. I'm prepared to be wrong. You jump in here, Ryan. I think that there is a... I'll, say, I'll give it to you bluntly, Paul, okay? In America, you guys have this turbocharged confidence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is something that we as an island are trying to catch up with because right. we are the opposite. Right. And I think actually that in that shadow lies a little bit of our strength because I think there's a real humility mm -hmm. where it's because we don't think very highly of ourselves. There it is. Maybe that humility comes in comes into play. That's that just a, is, off, off the cuff no, no, guess. No, 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 no. That is it. Because humility is the essence of what makes this work and, and you nailed it completely. Mm. Yeah. So obviously, Paul, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of copies of your book uh, all mm -hmm. over the world. Uh, have you ever thought of how many organizations from around the world are practicing two-second lean? The answer is, if I died today, Ryan, I would be a very happy person because of all the people's yeah. lives that have been improved. <laughs> I will drive with, I would yeah. die with no regrets. So I'm very happy. So you said you'd die a happy man. You obviously still have things in front of you that oh, you're, you're chasing I, I after. I'm planning on living to 120. Don't get me. I'm not ready to check out. <laughs> but I mean, I am, I'm very happy that, that I've been blessed to have the things that happen to be happy. 
Yeah. I mean, you hear people talk about BHAGs, right? What is that, Ryan? Uh, big Hairy Audacious Goal. Yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, BHAG? You know, it, somehow or another, it might be coming to fruition. My, my BHAG is to change the world by working with the head, the, the president of a country or the prime minister of a country to teach the entire country to second lean or lean thinking. That's my goal. Can you imagine, Ryan, if like, like we have, you know, both of us have young kids, Paul. Yeah. Can you imagine if like your kids went to school and they learned lean? <laughs> How like insane the country would become. Yeah. They, even my children, my children are seven, five and two, but the seven and five year old are making improvements. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they, they get lean. Totally they're, they're making improvements they're totally every day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Now, do you think lean is something that kind of comes to us intuitively? Oh my goodness, I'm jumping into like this mad philosophical question here. Do you think it comes naturally to us as humans and, and there's kind of been obstacles to get in the way or does it force us to kind of act unnaturally? Well, I believe and what I teach is simply that God created us with this amazing brain for one reason and one reason only, to make improvements, to solve problems that are complex and difficult. So the very essence of what God intended for us was to improve, is my belief. Mm. And so what gets in the way is people that like to control other people, people that don't believe in the dignity of mankind, the dignity of work. Those are obstacles. And the more leaders that we have that understand really what God intended, the better off we will be. Yeah, you, you've just reminded me of something that you, you told me on the second Japan study mission, and uh, you said lean is built on two things, respect for people and respect for resources. That's correct. That, that always stuck in my mind. Uh, I, I always loved loved that lane. That's why That's why Japan's Japan. On that? They respect the yeah. resources, they're very careful with the things they have, and they respect one another. Yeah. It's very simple wow. what's going on. Everything's simple. I mean, I, I almost marvel at the whole thing. It's so simple. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny. I'll tell you one quick story how simple it is. Here I am with I, the president of this $2 billion company, 5,000 employers. You can't even imagine the power that this guy had. Meets with the prime ministers of countries regularly. And I had lunch with him about three weeks ago. And, you know, he's got his executive team there. And he said, Paul, I want you to come here. I want you to do this. I want you to come to Kazakhstan. I want you to live here. I want you to do this. You know, just all of a sudden I go, I look at him and go, I you don't need me. You don't need me. You can do all of this. There's nothing complicated. And he looked at me kind of like perplexed. And he called me yesterday on the phone. He said, Paul, as I said in the beginning of this talk, I can't believe that a 50-year-old man could completely change his understanding in six days with you. And he said, when you said you don't need me in Kazakhstan, I didn't believe you but I understand exactly what you're saying now. I said, yeah, you don't, you don't need me. Absolutely not. I think what Paul has, has built um, is a, a community of like-minded people mm-hmm. from all over the world that think the, the same way. And uh, as Alex Ramirez yeah. often talks about, uh, it's a, 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 a loads of givers. They're givers, not takers. Like a, even an example exactly. to explain the kind of guy that Paul is. <laughs> Uh, when I asked Paul a few weeks ago to come onto this podcast, Paul replied within two minutes. 
And I said, yes, no problem. Do you want me to fly there or do you want me to do it virtually? <laughs> <laughs> so P- Paul was willing to fly wow. here to Belfast for this podcast today. That That's the type of person Paul is. Paul is a giver. And I think that's why this is also successful. Yeah, exactly. That's the spirit of Ryan and everybody else involved here. We're not about ourselves. We're about helping one another and, you know, just making the world a better place. Can I, I want to vocalize a very cri- critical, skeptical, young, immature part of myself that just popped up here and you say that. Okay, Paul. All right. It's easy for him to say, you know, he doesn't have a, all, all, all the business stuff that I need to worry about. Right, and right, I'm, right. I'm worried about the next month. And I'm worried about this. Yeah, and sure, what about sure, this sure. and all this stress? I, I can't, I can't fly to Japan right now to go and do this. Good. So talk to me about that. Like educate me and father me in that, in that moment, because I'm, I'm where you are. It's like, when I think about the business person I want to be when I'm older, that's it. And so do I have to get my ducks in a row first or do I start to become that now? Walk me through that. Well, first of all, you, you will be there much faster than you ever imagined. But it is essential that you become very good at the fundamentals. So you're not going to get there tomorrow or next week, but you could be where you want to be in one or two years where people might spend an entire lifetime and never get there but you have to learn the fundamentals and you have to be consistent at doing them and you'll be shocked at how fast everything will fall into place because basically the world is dysfunctional organizations are highly dysfunctional and those people that understand the organizational power and the human power that exists when you do lean correctly, no one can touch them. Mm. They dwarf everyone. No, it's it, the differential is not, you know, 50%, 100%, it's 600%. Wow. And so when you know that you have something that powerful, uh, you just get your nose in the grindstone and, and you'll get there very quickly. I want to share an anecdote. We might end up cutting this. I don't know if, if you'll be comfortable with me to share this, Ryan. Um, you know, for people listening, Ryan's industry is manufacturing medical seats, medical chairs. Yeah. And last time I was up doing a tour of the factory, one of the team had mentioned, you know, uh, or there's a question asked, you know, does, do any of your competitors ever come and try to book a tour? And Ryan said, oh, yeah, actually, so, someone's considered doing it now. And we were like, what? How on earth would you ever let, you know, the enemy spies come into your land and see how everything's done? Do you remember what you said? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, basically, I think we said that even if they did come, they couldn't catch up. Yeah. One of the craziest flexes I've ever heard in my life, Paul. And, it, and then I thought about it and I was like, oh, my goodness, he's right. Like what the culture that they've built here. It's 600%, like you say. But you know, there's another element to it too. And that is the reason this works is because your values are correct. So it would be impossible for someone to come in who was competing with Ryan and build the same authentic culture if their person was, if their, if their, disposition was to hurt Ryan. You can't, the two don't coexist. You can't build 
a culture that cares about people when you're trying to hurt somebody who taught you yeah. how to be a decent human being. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Ryan, you're going to have to take over. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> uh, I, this is going to be this is going to be an amaz amazing podcast. Oh man. Um Paul, so, something that I've just been reminded of, uh, another thing you said to me, I think it's the time that we, we visited you at your home mm -hmm. in, the, in, in the US. Uh, I asked you, you know, what book should I read next and all this type of stuff, or what book should I be reading? And Paul said, no, it's not about reading all these books. It's about taking a few books and really internalizing them. Right. Can, you, can you expand on that? Yeah, well, I'd give you a great example. You know, I'm reading Understanding Japan for at least the 15th time right now. So yeah. oftentimes, you know, we're overfed as, as a, as leaders, we are overfed. We have a, we have an obedience problem. So it's better to read one or two books, deeply understand it and deeply apply it than to read a whole plethora of books and really not ever take anything to the ground level. And so, you know, my, my goal is to become an expert at Japan so that I can absolutely understand why and how they got here. And I can tell you things today that I discovered by listening to this book. I've been listening to this book for over 10 years, 10 years. I've been listening to the same book. And, you know, the things that I discovered today absolutely blew my mind. Did that answer your question, Ryan? Yeah, perfectly, yeah. <laughs> and I've really taken that on board. You know, people almost, there's so much social pressure to read all these books and you see all these posts on LinkedIn about people reading a book a week and all this kind of stuff. And that pressure isn't healthy. No, yeah, you know, no. I, I, I feel if, if you have five or six books and really internalize yeah. them, I think that's And over and but, over and over again, I can't even tell you, I'm reading yeah. a book also simultaneously called The President's and it's basically the President's Club. It's a story of all the U.S. president and how they interact with each other after the presidency. And I, I think I've been through that book at least six times. And I tell you, every time I go through it, I begin to understand the nuance of this extraordinary leadership um, uh, uh, aspect of the president of the United States, you know, the, the things they go through and the things, the issues they have to deal with, it has helped me so much in being a better leader. But I had to listen to it over and over again and listen to the relationship between Harry Truman and Johnson and between John F. Kennedy. I think just the whole thing was just like unbelievable. Hmm. It's interesting, like hearing you speak, I'm hearing my granny's voice in my head where it's that old, you know, like be ye not just hearers of the word, but doers yes, also. Exactly. And we've, we've talked a lot, Ryan, about the importance of being a doer. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good callback to, to just taking action rather than just, mm -hmm. you know, reading all the intellectual stuff and it's all theoretical. It's like, no, 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 no. Like put your hand to it and experiment. I love what you said earlier, Paul, about the, the learning laboratory mm -hmm. and all these experiments. Mm -hmm. Like that's just so, you know, tactical. I have a picture sure. in my head of like, like almost, almost being out in the soil, you know, like, getting your, your hands dirty and like up to your elbows in it as opposed to just kind of like being up in the sky and not doing anything about yeah. it. So you got a famous quote, the, the biggest gap in the world is the, the gap between knowing and doing, you know? I haven't heard yeah. that, Ryan, but I don't think anything could be more yeah. true than that. 
Oh, and this is what I say to the oh. cosmic people all the time. I said, your, your problem is you're not applying this. If you just go home and start applying it. I told them today, I said, <laughs> you know, lean is not about going to Japan with Paul Akers or wearing a Kaizen hat or having a Kaizen <laughs> department in your company or having Kaizen posters up on the wall or, you know, being a green belt or being a It's about doing it every second of your life. And they, yeah. you know, I've got the top leaders here. And, and they're totally getting it. They're like, oh, I see it. I see exactly what you're saying. Because they're watching me. I'm making improvement after improvement after improvement. Every time they turn around, but you can you can improve that? And I go, I write it down. Great. And that's good. Let's do that. Let's do that. And they're going, how does anybody make that many improvements that fast? And I go, this is what Lee is. It's not about the Kaizen logo or the symbol or the whatever crap you want to talk about, book you read. Do it. Yeah. Say it again. <laughs> The biggest gap in the world is the gap between knowing and doing. Knowing and doing. Oh, guys, yeah. that's the best quote I've ever heard. Thank <laughs> you. I'm going to use that pro prolifically every day. Paul, this has been like absolutely mad. Like I'm literally, the, the notes I have in front of me here is uh, if I just spent the rest of my life reflecting on these notes, you know, it would be enough for me to, to do well in this, in this awesome. lean journey. You're, uh, you're awesome. But a couple of questions from us just to, to wrap up and, and land the plane. I'd love to know, like, kind of maybe a wee bit more big picture. What's, let's say, the greatest high and the greatest low of your journey so far? The greatest high is getting a message from a single person who is not very skilled, not very recognizable, who is a simple individual who sends a message to me and says, you know, I read your book and it's changing my life. And mm. I just wanted to thank you. That is the greatest high in the world. When I can reply back to a person who would never expect to get a message from me and, and hear the joy in their voice, that, that's the greatest high for sure. Wow, the greatest low. I don't have many lows. I've had some difficult things happen to me in my life, but I was determined not to let them define what was going on. And I found creative ways to get around those issues and deal with those things. But I can say I had difficulties, but I don't have many difficulties. I have a very joyous life. I have a life of great felicity. Mm. Not a perfect life, but I have continually flowing at me amazing human beings, amazing people, generous people. So I don't, can't point to that low. Yeah. So something you said to me a while back, Paul, a few years ago was that every 30 days, an opportunity mm -hmm. comes your way. Can, can you explain that that concept? Yeah, and it, it isn't just an opportunity. It's a significant, life-changing opportunity. Yeah. So again, I learned everything I learned, I learned from someone else. I didn't invent any of this stuff. And that, that came from a friend of mine who's a Navy SEAL. And I asked him, you know, tactically how they, they, they maneuver through life. And he said, we recognize and I recognize that every 30 days a significant opportunity comes in front of every human being. 
The question is, are you awake? Are you yeah. alert enough? And Navy SEALs have to be very alert, very aware of their surrounding, what's going on at all times. Are you awake enough to realize it? So a good example for me would be when I got a call from Kazakhstan eight years ago, and they said to me, why don't you come speak at their executive retreat? You know, I could have said, I don't really want to go to Kazakhstan. I'm in the beach in Costa Rica learning to surf for a month. I'm really, that's not on my agenda. You know, going to Siberia, it's not really something that turns me on in the middle of winter because that's when they asked me to go. And indeed, it's like the middle of Siberia. But, you know, I knew there was something going on. I knew there was some reason this whole thing was happening. And I said, I'm doing it. And it has been, I told Iden, I was with Iden again last week, and I said, you know, you changed my life. Mm -hmm. There are very few people in the world that would ever experience what I've experienced in Kazakhstan. The people that, I can't even, I can't, I can, there's no words to even explain what, what, what opportunities they've laid in front of me. And if I would have said no, my life would be pretty, pretty vapid, to say the least. Yeah. So did that answer the question? Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so th this has been amazing. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, so much uh, unbelievable content in here. Uh, for somebody that has stumbled across this podcast, Paul, and they're really excited and really interested in what we're talking about here, what what's the first thing they should do? What what's the first step someone should take to embark on on their lean journey? Make the bed, push the chair in, look around when you walk away and see who you've impacted so that they don't feel the burden of yourself. Mm. Get down on the floor and do five push-ups and do five push-ups for the rest of your life. There you go. Start small what it takes yeah start thinking of other people amazing brilliant paul thank you so much for your time today really really appreciate it anytime matt thank Class. you for having me both of you guys are amazing yeah. ryan yeah. thanks for today thank you really good thanks, thank you paul. so much everyone who was listening watching really appreciate it you can find out more about the podcast on lean made simple their website there will be a wee link in the description of this episode wherever you're listening or watching either on YouTube or Spotify. If you'd like to come and see, what was the, the phrase, Paul? A learning laboratory in Limavati. There you go. A bit, <laughs> you a bit of alliteration for you there. No, uh, no, no, no. The, the best in the world. Hey, come on. <laughs> Endorsed by Paul Akers, the godfather of two-second lean. <laughs> period. The, be the best in the world. Ryan can tell you when I came there, I cried. It was wow. so beautiful. So we, we'd love to see you here in Northern Ireland, uh, you and your team. Bring them all. You can soon, come. soon. Yeah, soon. Pick yourself in for a Lean Made Simple Tour. Yeah. Again, more information oh. on the website and the inscriptions. Other than that, we really hope this podcast was useful and beneficial for you. And we look forward to touching base with you again next time. Cheers. Thank you.